So maybe some cause for concern as the text line is let me know. I'm a little nervous, right? I, I will be honest with you. I'll give you a little soft side of the dust, man. I don't like driving at night. Um, bad weather terrifies me. I have a vehicle safe enough to get in this, but ice is you're kind of out of control. Like uh, you don't really have control when it comes to ice. Um, and somebody had texted in that there is a 30 car pileup on 670 West. The bridge is frozen. <laughs> I'm, I <laughs> look, I'm not going towards 670. I'm going south towards Lee Summit. So I'm hoping it's a little bit warmer, but a bit terrified. Uh, not going to lie. Uh, a little bit uh, ice. I, I don't really have control over ice. I can't really do anything. And black ice scares the absolute piss out of me. I'm going to be honest with you. I do not. I do not like the term ice. I do not like driving at night. And that is a two-leg parlay that equals disaster uh, for me. Somebody from the 913 about Eric Bieniemy said both can be true when it comes to LaShawn McCoy's comments. Sure, he doesn't like Coach B, but it is true. Coach B doesn't call the plays, and there is reason he can't get a head coaching job. Sure. More so, um, it's uh, the fact that he's saying things that he doesn't really back very well. Everyone knows, like if you're if your number one take for Eric the enemy is he doesn't call plays. Congratulations, everyone knows that. Travis Kelsey literally, literally said on the New Heights podcast that it is Andy Reid. I think there are more jobs around just calling plays, being an offensive coordinator. That's like, oh, he's on the air. He doesn't write his content. He just talks. That might be true. When I did the show with Nick Schwartz on Tuesday, Nick had topics that I talked on that I didn't come up with. It's all right from the 816. Man, you guys really know how to make me feel good. Dusty, I'm currently in Blue Springs. Just rain right now. Yeah, but it's not going to take it's not going to take much to 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 freeze. Speaking of freeze, is that like the worst? Is that the worst character of all time? Is Arnold Schwarzenegger's Mister Freeze? That was terrible. I don't know how that happened, um, or why that happened. But man, Arnold Schwarzenegger's Mister Freeze was god awful. Uh, from the text line as well nine one three five eight six seven six ten the J Southland Toast Service text line. Dick Sporting Goods would be a good sponsor for Richard of the Week, no doubt. No doubt. I've got to get some new golf grips, and I am not looking forward to spending the money I'm going to spend on that. Uh, so that would be great. Also, uh, Dick Ray Plumbing would be a good sponsor, 100%. 100%. So uh, Dick Ray Plumbing or Dick Sporting Goods, you guys want to step up and be sponsors for the Richard of the Week every Friday night at 645 to 650-ish? Feel free to come on down and step into my office that doesn't exist, and we can have a conversation. So that'll be fun. Um no hype. No hype for the Royals. I'm concerned by that. I I feel like there are a few things that kind of define why there might not be hype. Not One, I don't know how you can't get excited about this sound. I mean, how about Vinny Pasquantino off the bat? You want to hear a pop again? How about it? Even that 4,000-member crowd today that they have mentioned on the air today. Jake Eisenberg, Ryan Lefevre in the booth together for the first time moving forward with the Kansas City Royals. But again, no hype. Unfair, if you ask me. It's unfair. Because I think there's a lot of you that are lying. I think there's a lot of you that are telling the truth. So don't get this twisted. 
I think there's a lot of you that are telling the truth that are saying, I have no hype in this team. And I believe your reasons are fair. I think a lot of you, hear me out, are spoiled with the Chiefs. Because when it comes to the Chiefs, you know what's going to basically happen every year. You are going to probably be in the AFC Championship game with a chance to play in the Super Bowl. At least that's the way it's been for five consecutive years, which is okay to have. You have that opinion. You have earned that right to have that sort of opinion. And I understand that there's another reason why you don't feel hype. And that's because this team has been not good since they won the entire thing in 15. They were decent in 16. 17 was fun, but it was more so of a swan song year, so it was more of watching someone die a slow death. But let's get this kind of figured out. Last year, people were frustrated. I know this because I would do things before and after the Royals games a lot of times or between games. And this year, I'll be on as long as the Royals aren't. So you'll have that in your back pocket. But last year, the frustration was, why are guys like Ryan O'Hearn and Michael A. Taylor and Hunter Dozier and guys like that taking up spots for guys that we want to see? Young kids. Why is Cal Eldred still the pitching coach? Why is Mike Matheny not fired yet? All of that has been addressed and is gone. You have zero expectations this year, correct? What are they? I don't know. I think we want to see Bobby Witt kind of take advantage of this superstar role and go with it. I'm okay with that. Baseball is still lost within its own system. It has a lot of questions needing answered and a lot of fixing that has yet to be fixed. But again, the thing that's crazy about this is that you should have a little bit of buzz for this team. You're playing with sports house money. Yes, you could have expected the Chiefs to win a Super Bowl. It's unfair if you'd have been disappointed they didn't going back at the start of the season. Just to get there would have been enough for me. And yes, you've been to a parade. Yes, you've seen primetime television. And now it is baseball that is still six to five weeks away. And it's hard to jump into it. Long season. You have no idea what your team will be. But get this. Vegas has your win total at 69 and a half. They expect you to finish somewhere between 22 games below 500. I think that's a little unfair. Let's have some fun with this season. Let's watch MJ Melendez, Vinny Pasquantino, Bobby Witt Jr. Kyle Isbell is going to get a shot out there while some players are hurt. And yes, there is only one piece left over, and that is Hunter Dozier, and how much time he gets is beyond me, but ownership has clearly said they have a little bit more voice in John Sherman. Matty Q, your new manager, he's a more easy, laid-back kind of guy. He's going to let the team kind of figure things out. He's going to let the young kids play, let the young kids have voice. There's a Whit Merrifield anymore. Yes, Salvador Perez is here. Can he keep bombing the ball? Maybe Binkley said it. These kids are going to hit home runs. People dig the long ball. Baseball's faster. The pitch clock is here. Games will move at a a steadier pace. 
I believe. And when the expectations are low, the end result can be in a little bit higher of a buzz. I think this team can win 75 games and stick it to Vegas. I will, in fact, put a futures bet on that. But let's just have some fun. I understand that there may not be a lot of hype right now as of February 24th. Football just ended. You were exhausted from the football season, parades, and championships, and all the above. It's fun. But, man, the powder blue's back. The young kids are on the field. They've got a year under their belt, and they've got some pop. Let's have a little bit more fun with this team. Let's have a little bit more excitement. It's the Kansas City Royals. We like them a little bit more than we're giving credit for right now. Again, this is After Hours. Dusty Likens, Jed Marshall with you. Coming up on the other side, I want to get into the college basketball weekend. I'm going to give three games. They're all three local teams. We'll do three minutes on each one and talk about why I think each game is important and what they've shown so far this season as to why all three teams are tournament-bound and destined to have a pretty good playoff season. Very well played. Well... I will watch my speed tonight because I'm terrified. It's going to take me two hours to get home. I'm just going. I'm going to go ahead and put that in my. I, I will drive like a 70 year old grandmother, and that's not a shot at 70 year old grandmothers. I'm sure there's some out there that can still kick it. Hell, Bruce was 72 a week ago last night or tomorrow night. Three hour concert, best night of my life, straight up. Best night ever. Um, 435 westbound at K10 is a standstill waiting for salt trucks. <sighs> Crap. <laughs> I hate being 30 minutes away from home when it's like this. Cause like my phone was going off today and it was like weather alert. I'm like, what in the world could there be a possible weather alert for us? Or like a wind chill. So I hit the information on the weather bug app and it's like, no, 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 no. It's supposed to like drizzle and have sleet tonight and freeze on the road and then on my way out here i'm like oh man we'll be good feels like i'm driving in utah right now dusty bridges are bad everything else is pretty good from the 702 appreciate you bridges are bad i'm trying to think how many bridges i have to go over definitely one Right out of the chute, too. Like, right when we leave here, I'm on a bridge on a, on a, on a down spiral. <laughs> oh, crap. All right, we're good. We're all right. We're going to be okay. We're okay. You just want to post up at, at our house? No, I'm good. Um, I don't want to intrude. Uh, but uh, I think I'll be all right. I think, I think we'll be okay. Uh, we'll get through this. Just don't like uh, – I don't like ice. Not a big, not a big fan. We'll drive in snow. Not, not worried about it at all. Uh, ice, different story. Not a fan. Um, I feel like my way home is going to look like probably Ray Charles is driving. That's, it's not a shot at blindness. I just feel like that's what I'm going to look like driving home. You can take it however you want. Somebody says, consider this as a Kansas fan. This is Reggie from Anaheim. Consider this as a Kansas fan. The Jayhawks won the NCAA tournament and the Chiefs just won the Super Bowl. Also, K-State and Mizzou having good football and basketball season. Same with KU. From the 913, Dusty, I want to get hyped, but this is hard to get excited about a team that will probably lose 100 games. You don't say that. Because if they lose lose 100 games, I don't win my futures bet. 
I think the problem with the Royals, at least going into the season, is that there are just so many ifs. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the the lineup is reliant upon, and I, I love Binkley's perspective, and I appreciate his baseball acumen, mm-hmm. but hearing that guys are just going to hit bombs. Yeah. I think that there are a lot of question marks about that moving forward. And we saw even last year, aside from Brady Singer, that the pitching staff was had a right. lot of question marks in it. So I think that's where the apprehension comes from for, for Royals fans. Yeah, I think if Grinky is your solid fourth starter, Daniel Lynch is more consistent, which these are big ifs. Daniel Lynch is more consistent, and somebody else just mediocrely steps up. I think this team can be a lot better than people give it credit for because I do think that the offense can be explosive and that can kind of rub off onto the pitching staff, and then they can be like, oh, these guys will you know give me three, four runs a game. I want to go out there and you know pump some energy into the strike zone and really – really make it work. Plus there's no shift this year. Sure. Right. I don't know what bigger bases do other than like prevent injury. That's, I think the only reason they're bigger. I mean, dependent upon the speed of your team, you could see some sort of advantage in bang, bang plays, you know, stealing bases, things of that nature. But to me, it gets back to the fact that think back to 14 and 15. Were there really any questions going into spring training about who was going to play where? No. And this season, I know that the Royals have been bitten a little bit by the injury bug already, Mm -hmm. but there are question marks around the diamond. I I know that everyone's excited about Bobby Witt playing shortstop, but I don't necessarily know if he can handle that workload for 150 games, you know, whether they're going to be bouncing him around, what the Royals are going to do at second base, what the outfield is going to look like. To me, that's where I think the apprehension comes in. Mm -hmm. And I thought Binkley made another very good point is that, the Royals were so spoiled in the in the sense that everything happened in the perfect wave with yeah. Dayton Moore and the young talent coming up and that there were so many people who'd been so starved for baseball success at a certain level mm-hmm. that when it was there, they loved it and they went all in. But then when things started going, not even badly as you were talking about, mm-hmm. Dusty, but when they got to, you know, just being an 81-win team, but still right there in contention until right. the end of August... I think that people were very more aptly ready to, you know, cash out for lack of a better term, just because they knew what the future was going to become. Yeah. And I think you kind of have it nailed on the head there. I think that the pining for success with fan base with baseball was there because they had seen it so much promptly in the eighties, mid to, to, you know, rather late eighties. And then it just kind of went, you know, into starvation mode to where it just didn't exist. But I think that if they can st- I mean, maybe not. I mean, they've started off hot before and, and lost a lot of buzz. I mean, I go back to that 2003 team that was, what, like 13-5 and five in the sure. first, like, month of the season. You're like, okay, this is it. And then they finish 500, and it's, you know, it is what it is. Uh, from the 417, grab some beer for the way home. You have no idea. <laughs> like, there will be some beer, and luckily we already stopped by the dis- – uh, and so we'll get into college basketball this weekend, um, which is Mizzou – KU and K-State. I want to spend a little bit of time with both all three teams. We'll start with the obvious, KU at West Virginia. I like this game, or what KU at home against West Virginia. I like this game for KU. I think the line right now is minus nine, Kansas. Now, listen to me. Now, people that like to take some of my advice and bet it, I think you could have some fun with a little three-leg parlay. I don't know what it can pay out to be. Um, I would assume it'll be on the plus side because it's three different teams. may not be a high plus, but... 
KU at home versus West Virginia, Mizzou at Georgia, and K-State at Oklahoma State. I like the money line on all three, tagging them together. I would assume that that will probably end up being somewhere around like plus 350, maybe plus between plus 350 and plus 425, maybe between there. I don't know for a fact. I know that all three of the teams are favored, so that might be a little bit less. It might be a plus 300, plus 350, but still, that's fun to put like 25 bucks on and let it ride. Um but KU versus West Virginia, right? This is just a game that KU needs to get out, continue their dominance. Now, I know that last Saturday that game might have given you a lot of reasons to pick up smoking, um, to bite your fingernails. That game was insane. Down, what, 16 and a half and one by 17 um, versus Baylor. It appears that Grady Dick has arrived. Um I know a lot of people say, oh, I don't know what you mean by arrived. He's been shooting 40% all year from three. He's been doing pretty well as a, as a player at Kansas. What else do you expect? The hype, you know, that he that he got going into it. I, I figured, you know, there might be some talk of national player of the year. Now, Jalen Wilson sits at plus 4,000 to win that award. He's kind of fizzled off the last few games. It's been pretty much two uncharacteristic games for one. Jalen Wilson, Dewan Harris has been fantastic for Kansas in these last few games. But again, Kansas versus West Virginia. It's in Lawrence. It's Bill Self. It's it's Huggy Bear. You know, it's it's all that, man. And it's it's one of those things where it's like just go in there, take care of business, have your blowout game, have your twenty point victory, fifteen point victory, where you just house the team that comes into the fog. I know you did that with Baylor. I know you just had a game on on Tuesday night and and and, and whatnot. But again, it's it's one of those things, man. Just just take care of business or Monday night. Mizzou at Georgia. Missouri is a very frustrating team for me. Now, again, if you need more insight on all three of these teams, remember the one and done show on Wednesday night. It takes the place of after hours. It is an hour on every single team. All three guys that talk about these teams are very credible for their team. But Mizzou at Georgia. Mizzou kind of needs a big slam dunk kind of victory when it comes to an SEC game. Now, I know they beat Tennessee. It was on a last-minute heave. That wasn't really a slam-dunk victory. They won on Tuesday night with another big-shot heave at the buzzer. Missouri is giving me all the vibes in the world as being a 5-seed getting upset by a 12-seed in the first round, and I'm not trying to put that juju on the Tigers. They just seem like a team that lacks identity. I think I know what they are. What they are is what they were in the month of January. Missouri was hotter than donut grease on a Sunday morning at Lamar's when it came to three-point shooting in the month of January. Could not miss. And that team is very, very dangerous. But the minute that Kobe Brown gets in foul trouble, that team seems to kind of panic. Hodge is great, I think, for what his role is. Nick Honor is probably that team's like Jarek McKinnon. The dude's got a little bit of piss and vinegar in his veins when the game gets kind of tight. Kind of seems like he keeps a mellow, collie mood. But Mizzou scares me because I don't think there's a lot of confidence in who they are. I get it. This is first year with Denny Gates. This is a lot of new guys and a new team and a new place. But, hey, we're, we're in February. We're damn near March. They can make some noise in that SEC tournament. They can mess with some teams. You know, to say they can't play with Alabama and Tennessee, I don't know if that's fair. 
They've beaten Tennessee, so they know they can do that. Alabama, different story. But go beat Georgia and beat them good on the road. And last but not least, K-State and Oklahoma State, go take care of it. Jerome Tang, you heard his show on Thursday night at 8 o'clock. Go take care of business. Go prove to everybody that you are the team that you think that you are and that you know you are. Where Missouri lacks identity, K-State knows their identity. They know what that team is. They know what that team wants, and they know what that team can get. And I think this team, if they wanted to, I think their ceiling is an Elite Eight. I really do believe that. They're a team of unity. They're a team of identity that has no crisis. And if they're going on all cylinders, I think they could get to the Elite Eight. I think Missouri, Sweet 16 might be the ceiling. K-State, I think their ceiling is Elite Eight. And Kansas, it's Kansas, man. Final four, right? You have a chance to be the number one seed in the entire nation. You really, really do. And play your first two games in Des Moines. Welcome to it, Bill Self, another one seed on the resume. That's just my college basketball weekend roundup. Again, go do that three-team parlay. KU, Mizzou, K-State, all on the road, money line. I'm interested to know what it could be. I think it has a good chance of paying out. Coming up on the other side, this class and the past gives you, I think, enough reason to really seriously believe the Chiefs can become repeat offenders. If this is how they did Seinfeld, much better show. Also, I've noticed, Jed, Seinfeld doesn't really hold up very well. Are you joking? I mean, it's funny, but like some of the jokes or the episodes that they have, people I think today that would watch it that didn't watch it then are like, what are they talking about? Give me a for instance. Like a phone line. Can't get through on a phone line. There's like, I think there's an episode where they're trying to get a hold of somebody. You can't get a hold of somebody. The phone, and like Jerry's like pissed. They get to do all these things with the phone, and like you can't. It's like, yeah, the lines are crossed. Yeah. And, and like, the answering machine, the yeah. fact that they use pay phones 100%, but like to me, Seinfeld. I love it. I'll never get old of it. I'm, I, it's my wife teases me because I watch Seinfeld generally on just repeat. It's yeah. my comfort show. It's like my security blanket or whatever. Sure. But to me, it's like, so that, The Wire, The Simpsons are all mm. like my favorite shows. And of course, yeah, like if you go back and watch season one of The Wire and they're using pay phones and the pager and stuff like that, none of it makes sense, but it's a television show. You have to suspend right. belief and be able to put yourself in the mindset. So to me, I, whenever I watch Seinfeld, I'm with you that, yeah, you're like, this show wouldn't be able to happen now because of cell phones right but you and i were kids when it was a show so watching it now i'm just like yeah. man that's so clever the fact that they were able to come up with that it's like friends doesn't hold up because nowadays no. nobody has conversations in coffee shops they all are on laptops <laughs> exactly we'll yeah. go like even like coffee I, shops look like that well even like curb your enthusiasm if you go right. back and watch season one or two you're kind of like it's a little bit like that and i mm-hmm. still think it's again from yeah. the same mind as seinfeld right. but I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of that in modern programming. Like, The Office, I think, is very funny. I think there are lots of TV shows that are very, very funny. But there are 90% of the jokes from that right. show that couldn't be made nowadays. It doesn't diminish what it does. It just means that things change over time. People it? would be like, there were And I'm sure the text line <laughs> will say that they hate me because I'm so woke. Uh, well, you know, you want to be awoke tonight because there's ice on the roads. Um, 913-586-7610. If you are home and safe, please don't text and drive. I just need some some reassurance. Jed let me know that that his better half said the roads weren't terrible, that there were slick spots, but they're not bad. This just makes me want to go get hammered tonight, which I shouldn't do, but I probably will do at a bar in Lee Summit. 
So if you listen to the show and you're down there tonight, come say hi. I'll be there. I, I promise I will. Guarantee. Do it, man. You going to Stewie's? Yeah. You walking? Go. Yep. Even in the ice? I'm not driving in the ice. I'll walk. Wow. I'll make myself look like an ass over driving like an ass. That's, well, that's for sure. I appreciate the fact that you're being safe, but mm-hmm. I do look forward to next time I talk with you, you being like, yeah, I fell like four different times. Maybe I'll send you a video of no, me I'm walking good. home. You sent me a video the other night. It was much appreciated. I was say, that was pretty. Uh, that was a pretty was typical tame. video. That's how I am, man. That's just who I am through and through. Flannel PJs. How you doing? Um, so... 913-586-7610, they, they kind of reassured me that they went to FanDuel and placed a three-game parlay, KUK State-Mizzou. It came out to be plus 329. So right in the ballpark, that's where I thought it would be. They said they put 25 bucks on it. Let's ride 913. I hope you win. I'm ready for you to be successful in that because I do think all local teams uh, do win this weekend. It's it's bound to happen. But One thing that I do think is bound to happen, and I think that there is any team that could ever really do it, I do think that the Kansas City Chiefs could be that team. I mean this. I think the Chiefs could honestly be back-to-back Super Bowl champions. I think I say this because the Kansas City Chiefs, in fact, have been through this before. And they're not like a team that's trying to do it. The Rams were not the same team as the Chiefs. I think we all know that, right? I think we all can kind of agree that, you know, the Rams put all their eggs in a basket, to say the least, to win it all. And... They did exactly that, but what they did is they gave up a lot of draft capital. Basically all of it, and they don't have anything to show for it. They have a title. They have Matt Stafford. Odell Beckham Jr. got hurt in the, in the, in the Super Bowl and went out. Aaron Donald got his ring and then fell off a little bit. I would say not completely, but he fell off a little bit this year. Injuries kind of plagued that a little bit. But again, the Kansas City Chiefs won a Super Bowl then went right back to it. They've gone to back-to-back Super Bowls. They've done that with this team. Obviously, Tyree Kill was a part of that, but Tyree Kill is not a part of this team, and they still won the Super Bowl, so irrelevant. But the Kansas City Chiefs know what it's like to go right back to the greatest show on earth, which is the Super Bowl for their sport. They also know what it's like to lose in that situation, which is not good, right? That was the run it back season. That was the, we're playing Tampa Bay. We're playing Tom Brady. We got a big chance to really show our legacy as as the Kansas City Chiefs and then embarrassed, right? The offensive line was bad. The, The Mahomes stat of running from side to side. But again, the Chiefs are a team that I think are built differently this go around. And that will be the story, I promise you, when it comes to the national media. Can they be a team that goes back to back? Can they be that New England Patriots team? Can they be that Denver Broncos team in 96, 97? I mean, 97, 98. Can they be that team that can do what very few have done and stick it to the league and say, not only did we do it this year, we did it this year too. The answer to me is it's a little bit easier said than done in this situation. Your running back situation, for instance, is locked up. 
Isaiah Pacheco is going to be your featured running back. They are going to run it back again with Jarek McKinnon. And then after that, I don't know. I'm not sure what Clyde Edwards-Alaire's future is on this team. I would not assume that it is a bright one. But they're also good enough for a repeat. And what I mean by that is they have the best quarterback in the league. Travis Kelsey, I think, has two more years, at least one, of being pretty dominant at his position. And they have history of knowing what it's like the last time to get there at least. Just to get there is something else. Not only that, there are people that will still doubt them that they are in fact a true dynasty because they don't have three rings. And a lot of people coin a dynasty as winning three titles with a specific core. There would be no doubt in my mind that if, I mean, I already think they're a dynasty, but again, I have, uh, you know, my own opinion. And a lot of other people think that, you know, that they have their opinion. They can call me a... You're a fanboy. And so, you know, being a... You're a fanboy. And a guy that follows his team, it might sound like... You're a fanboy. For sure that that's what's going on. But think about it. The last time this team won a Super Bowl, the very next year they went to the Super Bowl. They won the Super Bowl this year, and everybody they drafted participated. Your offensive line is what it is. Is Orlando Brown Jr. coming back? Couldn't tell you. Does that cause this team not to win a Super Bowl? I really don't think so. I would bet my life that Chris Jones will be on this team next year. Is Juju Smith-Schuster on this team next year? I don't think it makes a difference if he is or not, if they can get back to the Super Bowl. They'll find something that works for the guy that drives the vehicle to this successful team. And that is Patrick Mahomes. And if there's one thing that I think this team truly loves, it's the fact that they get to be at the top of the mountain. Who doesn't like that? Not only that, but they are a team that blows up the league every single year. They were supposed to be a rebuilding team this year. Won it all. Patrick Mahomes is supposed to take a step back without Tyree Kill. Took a step forward. Travis Kelsey, this is it. He's 33. It's going to go down. Went up. The Chiefs want nothing more than to stick it to this league the way that Golden State did it, the way that New England did it, the way that the Yankees did it, the way that all the greats that won multiple titles did it, and they want to do it again, but they want to be the team that does it. Why not? They did it before. They lost in the back-to-back year. They have the same quarterback. They have the same coach. Both are a little bit more seasoned, and they have the best recipe for a successful dish in the NFL, and that is head coach and quarterback combination. A team that doesn't is the Denver Broncos. Russell Wilson strikes again. You're a fanboy. Did you have fun with that Jason Brown interview, or was that... Something you never want to go through again. Jed Marshall. I found it entertaining. I appreciated that he contradicted himself many times. Yeah, what did he say? Uh, I think Joe Burrow's the best quarterback in the NFL, and then he told us that he came out this list that he has Mahomes as number one in returning quarterback. Well, and he's not gimmicky. I appreciated Uh, that. The wife did say she found it uncomfortable. I bet. It was uncomfortable. But sometimes the best well, way to when some up, guy's an asshat, I don't know yeah. what you want to do. I feel like that 
again, I'm not saying that I'm someone of, you know, major notoriety, but I I do think that put dirt on the grave of that take that Mahomes is a gimmick quarterback. Because when I gave him a chance and I said, sir, who the hell is saying this right here? And he dropped that Patrick Mahomes is a gimmick quarterback. I never, uh, wait, 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 wait. Either this is you or somebody does a really, really good job of impersonating your voice. And then he just decided to, you know, be like, do you know the dip? See ya. Gotta go. Nice knowing you. Actually, it wasn't nice knowing you. You, you suck. Um, speaking of suck, Russell Wilson. This guy is the definition of a cancer for a franchise. And I just want to play what James Palmer had to say today on the NFL Network about the Broncos and about what might be new because there was news about Russell Wilson today that was quite interesting. And I think we need to make it clear that this environment was created by general manager George Payton and head coach Nathaniel Hackett long before training camp even started. And that was this, that they were going to accommodate anything Russell Wilson believed was going to make him a better football player. They were fine with that, whether that was having an office in the facility that was his own to operate out of, whether it was having his personal team at practice and in the facility, including his personal quarterback coach, Jake Heaps, they were going to allow it. If you were at training camp practices, you were gonna see his entire team there on the sideline. You were gonna see them in the facility during the week. This was an environment that was created before the season even began. Now that environment that was allowing a lot of leeway for decisions to be made from Russell Wilson and his group about what he needed to be successful spawned into the season to where multiple coaches and players told me throughout the year that each and every week uh, the offensive identity changed. Even within games, the offensive identity continued to change. And is that we were trying to accommodate all parties involved and even coaches, even players, Patrick, I will say, said there was a lot of blame to be passed around throughout the organization for the way things were going. Nobody was questioning the effort Russell Wilson was putting in. Nobody was questioning the effort everyone was putting in. It was just very unorganized because of the environment that was created. Now, pushing this forward, Sean Payton has made it very clear on multiple occasions that this is not gonna be the environment that he is going to have as the new head coach of the Denver Broncos, that Russell Wilson's group is not going to be in the building uh, as they weren't at the end of the regular season, actually, in the 2022 year. And to my understanding, Russell Wilson has approached Sean Payton several times, telling him he wants to be coached hard. So it appears that maybe both parties believe a new environment is probably best for the Denver Broncos moving forward. Well, that might be the case. In fact, the news that came out today was Russell Wilson was once con- was convinced that Seahawks head coach Pete Carroll and GM John Schneider um, were keeping him in his quest to win additional Super Bowls and individual awards, sources tell The Athletic. Wilson placed his request to fire coach and GM in February of 2022. Within days of his release, or within days, uh, within days of uh, his call, top team officials met and decided to pursue trading the nine-time Pro Bowl. I don't think, and this is more to it, Russell Wilson had his own office on the second floor, which is what Palmer just assured you in that audio. That same floor is where coaches and executives worked, which created an unusual team dynamic. 
quote, the players were always on the first floor. They never really came up to the second floor, end quote. The report also says Nathaniel Hackett was too accommodating and Wilson had too much influence. As James Palmer mentions that the offensive identity would change week in and week out, Russell Wilson, um, maybe not the best for a team. Maybe not the best to be the quarterback and leader of your team. Dolph Kleinman says of Twitter and covering the NFL news and transactions, Seahawks ownership to fire Pete Carroll and general manager John Schneider last year was a request asked by, at the time, quarterback Russell Wilson. The team insisted on trading him to the Broncos. How often does your quarterback have a request that gets denied? Seattle knew. Seattle knew that there was something off with Russell Wilson. And then what does Russell Wilson say? I love Pete. And he was a father figure to me. And John believed in me and drafted me as well. I never wanted them fired. All any of us wanted was to win. I always have respect for them and love for Seattle. No one knows what you think. And the way that you contradict yourself and the consistency that you have with being bad lately kind of debunks anything that you ever thought or was ever credible leaving your mouth. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is perceived by the general public. And when it comes to Russell Wilson, I think we're all just tired and sick and over it. The thing about Russell Wilson is he wanted his coach and general manager fired. That right there is a red flag. And rightfully so, the red flag was seen, noticed, and just completely taken out the minute that they saw it. Why does one guy not like two, but everybody else likes these two guys? Maybe the bad seed is the guy that's starting the commotion. Hmm, that's normally how it goes. Ever watch the show Survivor? The one that's crooked, that's trying to seemingly get his way out is the one that's starting to stir the pot to put the blame on someone else. Yeah. Russell Wilson, you were voted off the island in Seattle. Now you're in Denver. And you're doubling down and lying to say that you loved Pete and you loved John and they were like father figures to you, but yet many, many sources have said that you wanted them fired. Not only that, you kind of were a louder voice in the head coach of the team that you currently play for, which is the Denver Broncos. Which then leads me to my next thought. Sean Payton going to Denver does not really move the needle for me, nor should it move the needle for you. In fact, I would be more terrified in the AFC West as a Chiefs follower of Aaron Rodgers going to Vegas than I would be Sean Payton going to Denver. And a lot of you might sit back and say, well, yeah, obviously. And that's Aaron Rodgers going to a team where Josh McDaniels is the head coach. You think that partnership works? Absolutely not. You think Sean Payton and Russell Wilson are going to get along having offices on the same floor? Having players come up that think that they're cool with Russ? Think that they're boys? Like KJ Hamler and Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy? I really hope one of those guys gets traded this offseason. I don't think it's going to be KJ. Cortland Sutton screams like he get traded. 
Jerry Judy has probably the most value if he gets traded. And Denver has all but given up all hope and the rest of their team for right now. Draft picks are gone. Trades have been made. And to do so, you have Russell Wilson and Sean Payton. Whereas James Palmer mentioned in his clip, the offensive game plan had changed in weeks and weeks and weeks over and over and over again. And that there was no true voice because Russell Wilson didn't let Nathaniel Hackett do his job. Yet Russell Wilson wanted Nathaniel Hackett to be the coach. Nathaniel Hackett is fired. Russell Wilson is still there. And Sean Payton is now the new guy in charge. Well, maybe. But again, I would be in more fear if Aaron Rodgers went to the Raiders than I am with Sean Payton going to Denver. Sean Payton going to Denver was like a, have fun with that. It's like that piece of crap house that you live next to and somebody moves in and they say, we'll fix it up. No, you won't. The foundation is too damaged to even make that thing look suitable for a family to live in. And that's what the Denver Broncos franchise currently looks like. And you have this guy who tried to get his head coach and his GM fired, who seemed to be doing very well without him. Russell Wilson, close Richard of the week, but uh, sorry, LaShawn McCoy was just a little bit better than you were this week. Coming up on the other side, we have the question of the night, the 8 o'clock question coming up next. Plus, we go back to what it was like to what we think we can do is build an empire for the Kansas City Chiefs.